This show was made at Access Radio Taranaki in New Plymouth, thanks to New Zealand On Air. For more local content, search for accessradiotaranaki.com. You're listening to the Sugarloafing Artscast on Access Radio Taranaki 104.4 FM. Komikaela Naimen Toku Ingoa. My name is Michaela Naiman and I'm your host. Welcome. This show focuses on the arts and creativity in Taranaki and beyond. We aim to cover the diversity of arts from painting, literature, songwriting, theatre, pottery, poetry, sculpture and how the creative arts contribute to our community, as well as our own sense of purpose and well-being. The Sugarloafing Artscast is generously supported by the Govet Brewster Art Gallery and Len Lai Center. Stay tuned to find out more. And I'm here today with uh, Jennifer Corbett, who has driven through uh, the rain to come up from Waverley. Uh, she is our art space artist for the month of February. And uh, we are going to talk about her art and, uh, yeah, all things to do with it. Welcome, Jennifer. Welcome. Thank you. <laughs> so, for all of us who don't know very much about um, yourself, you are originally from down the coast and um, you're also a trained nurse, but can you tell us a bit about yourself? Yeah, I grew up in um, Pangarehu, trained as a nurse at um, New Plymouth Base Hospital, one of the, I think we were the second to last class before the Polytech came in. Um, did the usual, got married, had kids, and um, then got divorced. Um, did art at school, but didn't really follow through. I didn't think I was good enough. I got school to see art, but there were some girls in the class that were extremely good. Um, and then have had a variety of jobs. Um, didn't always nurse. I needed a break from it, so I just take a job. I, one of my jobs was Mr Whippy, um, another one was house cleaning, um, I did caregiving and then in 2006 I headed off to Aussie for a wee while. I'd gone back nursing um, a couple of years before because I'd planned to go to Australia and do some nursing. Um, so headed off on my big Australian adventure. Oh, wow. And, um, well, nursing is um, quite a portable skill, isn't it? Yeah, uh, it was a great a great way to be able to see um, and experience a different way of life. I never wanted to work in the cities. Um, my, first, my first contract was with an aged care facility in Mount Isa, and I started in early February so I flew out of Auckland and to Brisbane then to Mount Isa and got off the plane in searing heat, red dust and um, wondered what the hell I'd done. <laughs> and Mount Isa is in Queensland. Yeah, and... it's a big uh, mining town. That's where most of the, the employment comes from. I was so naive when I first got there. Um, 
because they 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 celebrated Waitangi Day, and I thought, oh my goodness, how cool is that? Australians celebrate Waitangi Day, but it was because there were so many Maori workers at the mine that they did Waitangi Day celebrations. So, oh, really? Um, yeah, I ended up working there for about nine months, and then moved down to Toowoomba. Mm, oh, really? <laughs> See, I've lived in Toowoomba too, which oh. is a rather odd uh, place, but it it's marketed as the biggest inland city after Canberra. Yeah. But it's actually really the farmers who are out in the sticks who also have a house in town and. Yeah. 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 I had met um, I met a a guy before I went over um, a Kiwi guy, and he was living in Brisbane. So initially, and then. He'd bought a house in Wairima, which was just out of Toowoomba, so I ended up moving in with him. So that became base for a, for a wee while, um, but I still had really itchy feet. So I think we'd been there about three months, and I got a job, contacted the agency again, and I went to Tully. That was the first of a whole stream of places I went. and. Um, yeah, just had a month in Tully, the giant gumboot, famous for its rainfall, uh, and that was yeah just really cool. Uh, another rest home, real hard case characters, and the most bizarre thing happened when I was there. They had a Alzheimer's unit, dementia unit. Anyway, the nurses said to me, "Look, there's a Kiwi woman here. She's in the unit, and she." She used to be a midwife, and she talks about this little hospital on the on the edge of a cliff by the sea. And I said, oh, that sounds like Openaki. <laughs> and um, turned out, yeah, she'd been a midwife in Openaki, and I we think it was over the years that in the period when I was born. So she well could have been working there when I was born, and it was just. The most bizarre coincidence. Oh, fantastic. And did she connect with you? She did a little bit. Like, she'd go in and out. Um, she registered the fact that I knew Openaki and the, the cottage hospital on the top of the cliff. And But then she'd waver off. She'd moved to Brisbane some time after I, she'd been working there and she'd been in Australia for a while. But um, God, you never know who you're going to meet. No, you don't. Well, on that note, we are going to listen to some music and you've selected here Great Southern Land. Let's listen to that.
Welcome back to the Sugarloafing Artscast on Access Radio Taranaki 104.4 FM. My name is Michaela Nyman and I'm your host. We are grateful for the sponsorship from Govet Brewster Art Gallery and Landlie Centre for this show. And I'm here today with Jennifer Corbett from Waverly at the moment, <laughs> who is our art space artist for the month of February. And we are talking about a lot of things to do with Australia and the uh, places she has worked there and also the Kiwis she has met. And um, can we talk a bit about your art here? Because um, you said that you did art at school, but then there was quite a big gap. Yeah. What prompted you to get back into art making? Um, initially, I I did some art in Tully. There was a little craft art shop. She ran classes and it was a way to meet people out of work. But the real, um, and I followed that up wherever I was working, if there was a, um, somewhere I could do something art-based, I would go to it. But it really um, became important on after my last job. Um, we worked in a remote settlement in the Northern Territory. It was 10 hours from Darwin. That is remote. <laughs> yeah. On the... Um, Women named the river, but we couldn't go swimming in the river because of the crocs. But I, I had always wanted, for a while after working with Aboriginal people and Aboriginal kids, I just loved, I loved the energy of the Aboriginal kids, and they just giggled and um, they were so lovely and responsive. And I got to this job and the boss asked me if I'd be interested in training to do the child health nurse job and I was over the moon I was like so excited about this opportunity anyway I was there a few months and things started to change with the dynamics from the boss and from her her boss as well further up the chain there was a marked increase in bullying especially amongst staff who we had a a number of had an issue with one staff member and the way he treated Aboriginal people and his lack of work ethic in general. And the boss continually took his side. And um, so she started picking off staff members one at a time. I was the second person that came under attack and I, I, the last day I worked was the 11th of January 2012. They, the final straw was they rang me, the senior boss rang me and told me that they didn't think I was up to the standard of um, skills required for the job and for where I was working. And they wanted to send me to Darwin for three months to work in emergency there. And I'd heard that the bullying in Darwin emergency was really bad and I'd always had issues with my own self-confidence anyway and after that conversation it was just like that was the end of the road for me I just Mm. lost everything Um, I had signed a five-year contract so we didn't know whether we'd stay there the five years but we definitely were going to plan to stay at least a couple of years and so and my partner had a job in the community so we actually didn't leave straight away and part of that was actually to piss them off I don't <laughs> say that. Um, 
But you said it was systematic. It was. I was the second. There was a male... The first person to go was the person that had been the relieving manager while they found a new one. Then there was me. Um, Then one of the staff nurses, she hadn't been on the end of it, but she'd obviously picked up the vibe. She left not long after the incident with me. Um, I was getting support from the counsellor, the drug and alcohol person who was married to like the midwife that was on staff. Uh, so they they went for him next, took away his vehicle, took away the room that he used to meet with the men. So basically he couldn't do his job. That sounds really awful. Uh, it was horrendous. And... And then eventually the, we heard that the person that all the issue was about had done a runner in the middle of the night. So whether he got threatened or something, I don't know. But we actually stayed in the community for another 10 months because we basically didn't really have anywhere else to go. Um, and then my, my now ex got shafted as well. We were living... When we were working at the... The, the clinic you got provided accommodation so when I I didn't resign immediately I stayed on for a little while and we, then when I did resign we needed to move and Tom had got offered um, accommodation basically a container that was owned by the business that he worked for so we moved in there so the, the minute you lose your job, you basically don't have anywhere to live either, no, which is a really double whammy there. Yeah, yeah, and I just wasn't functional. I mm-hmm. And this is when you started getting back into art then? Yeah, I started doing photography um, while we were still out in the bush. I spent a lot of time walking and found some really cool places, and I loved the bird life out there and some of the flowers. So I'd go out with the camera and i initially did set up a basic website and it was called Naki Girl Photography, did some canvases, did sell some photos and after Tom, after we had to move from where we were living because Tom basically got told he didn't have a job anymore, we had bought a house in a place called Russell Island back in Queensland and we were going to get it as a, we bought it to use as a rental we hadn't got anybody in there, so it was vacant. So we decided, packed all, everything that we owned in our car, Kia, and um, drove across Australia back to Queensland, um, taking two dogs with us from the community. Um, and it was there that the art really took off. The the Russell Island is one of four islands, and there's a really strong um, arts creative community on, especially on two, on Russell and Maclay. Um, and so I started attending a art group on a Friday morning at the local community centre and um, that was my saving grace, really. Mm. And it just took off from there. Yeah. So you asked um, for something with a didgeridoo and I thought, well, here is a indigenous uh, musician who's going places and there's a bit of a didgeridoo. So here's a baker boy, uh, ride uh, foot Yirmal. Let's listen to baker boy. 
welcome back to the Sugarloafing Artscast on Access Radio Taranaki 104.4 FM. My name is Michaela Nyman and I'm your host and we are grateful for the sponsorship from Govet Brewster Art Gallery and Lenlight Center for this show. I'm here today with Jennifer Corbett who is our art space artist for the month of February and we're talking about um, losing sight of your creative side and art and getting back into it again. And uh, Jennifer is uh, very much uh, someone who has come back to the making of art. But you are not just uh, an artist, are you? You are also uh, a writer of children's books and illustrator. And So how does this connect with your art? Because the art you are showing here very much has a link, I feel, to your books, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, I started, I just came out by accident. It wasn't a plan. I'd done a painting of a group of zebra finches and they um, from a photo and I'd done a realistic style and I thought well I'll just have some fun with this picture so I redid the picture with the same birds but I just cartoonized them a little bit and I didn't think about it too much I just went in with colour and splash and wanted to have a bit of fun and I put it up in an exhibition and it sold straight away um, and so I did another one and that one sold straight away as well. And then um, the third one's at home on my wall, it's the, um, um, it's of them at the Opera House. But we then started developing names and characters for each of the birds. So they were pretty much based around people that we knew. Um, and my, my ex had always had the gift of the gab, and so I'd said to him um, on a number of times, why don't you write something? So he started writing um, like children's stories based around the birds. Um, the first one we wrote was actually based around a painting I'd done for friends who had a corner store on the Gold Coast and they had a little dog and two cats so they were all incorporated into this painting and I gave it to them and and they've still got it they tell me Um, they don't have the corner store anymore but that that painting became the um, inspiration for the first book we did um, and it was just about having fun being yourself not pretending trying to be something you're not a bit of thing about um, like littering don't litter um, and we self-published we came across a we used to go to markets in Victoria markets in we came across a lady called Julia who has Lily Pilly Publishing and she um, self-publishes a book for herself but also does books for others. So we ended up hooking up with her and then from there we did a book about Halloween. Um, thought what the birds would get up to at Halloween and the last one was called Dreaming and it was about... Um, why the birds were called the tourist birds. I mean, probably could have come up with a better name, but 
the the birds' passion was to see the world. They mm. want to go <laughs> to all these places. So I've done pictures of them in Uluru, Paris. Um, <laughs> and Pukekura Park, and I Pukekura see. And Pukekura Park. And the waterfall. Yep, and <laughs> currently they've just been to China. They're in Japan. <laughs> um, I guess it's part of my dream that one day I'll be able to go and see all these places. Part of what drives it is when you start looking at a country or a area that the birds might be interested in, I find out all these amazing, really fascinating, interesting things that I mm. didn't know about the place. Mm. And while we've been sitting here in the studio talking, um, I might say Jennifer has just hung the exhibition and I'm seeing lots of little feet coming in and looking at the birds. So <laughs> you are already having interested viewers of the younger kind here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so how would you describe um, your paintings? They are acrylics and yeah. um, they're quite colourful and they have the birds yeah. in them. Um, I guess maybe more towards naive art. I've, it's been interesting, like I had a break of about, I haven't really done a lot of with the birds since 2014 when, when I split up from my um, Australian New Zealand partner. Um, but I've had people commenting, you know, occasionally like you know when are the birds coming back what are you going to do with the birds and um, n now that I've the end of last year with COVID I started thinking more about what the birds could do and what I wanted to do with them this year um, we, what I wanted to do going forward really um, been interesting looking at my earlier paintings, how I've got more detail and more depth in them now. Mm. Um, I'm still, I don't want to lose that whimsy, that comical um, aspect and um, mm -hmm. I'm trying to keep that in them. The um, playfulness. Yes, mm. yeah, because that was what the most fun was, like, because the birds could do things that we would think of but couldn't do like yeah going swimming in the pond at the waterfall and diving jumping bombing from the top to the bottom and um like they're feeding the pandas and um yeah they're up at normington with the giant croc which mm, lovely a lot of people have seen but <laughs> yeah oh well, they seem to have a lot of fun, and uh, yeah, why not? I think the past uh, few years we have all been stuck, so that sounds like a wonderful outlet for yeah. both creativity and dreaming. Yeah. <laughs> and um, this next song, I'm very surprised. That, um, so I have to ask, why did you pick uh, Valhalla Calling by Peyton Parrish? It's a cover. I've only come across him recently, and... I just love his voice, like that deep, deep, um, deep, deep sound, and um, it just resonated. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I know. I, I've 
I've saved a few as his now on Spotify, but um, yeah, it yeah. just connected somehow. Okay, well, let's listen to Valhalla Calling, uh, covered by Peyton Parrish. Ships on vigor of the waves are skimming, barren summits to the verdant plains. Each horizon is a new beginning, rise, rain. Far from the fjords and the ice-cold currents, raving sore of new frontiers, songs and sagas of a fate determined, shields and spears. Bows of favor or the thrill of plunder, pulled together for the clan and kin. Clank of hammers and the crash of thunder, round with the Sugarloafing Artscast on Access Radio Taranaki 104.4 FM. My name is Michaela Nyman and I'm your host. We are grateful for the sponsorship from Govet Brewster Art Gallery and Lenlai Centre for this show. 
And I'm here today with Jennifer Corbett, uh, who is our art space artist for the month of February. And we're talking quite a lot about Jennifer's time in Australia and what inspired her Tourist Bird series of paintings and books. And these birds, they do go touristing everywhere in the world, it seems. And some of the paintings here on the wall in the art space, they are actually in Pukekura Park, enjoying the waterfalls and whatnot. <laughs> so um, you've also had creative communities funding uh, to run after-school kids' classes in Patea and Waverley. Yeah. What is it you do? What are you trying to uh, do with the kids and inspire the first time I did it, it was um, it was just about exposing the kids to different mediums, like to try pastels, to play watercolour. I assume they'd had acrylics, um, but letting them play with acrylics. I knew a colour pencil artist that was really, really good at her her um, medium and like got her to come in we had a print artist come in and do a session with them um, it was just to allow them to explore our sculpty clay um, like it was a baking clay it was just to encourage the kids to explore their creativity without having a an end in sight um, and some of those kids are really good <laughs> Yeah, um, I got a lot more interest than I expected. Um, so the first class, it was just me. We were smaller numbers, but the one we did last year, I had uh, three helpers, um, all volunteers that all, more had come from a craft background. Um, and I think the classes were probably a bit more chaotic because we did have bigger numbers. We were like 12 to 15 kids. Um, and this time, major thank you to St Joseph's School and Waverley School for letting us use their facilities. Because mm. um, that had been one of the problems at b between the first and the, the last one was venues changed with COVID and what we could use and mm. what we couldn't. Um, but yeah, it was just about encouraging the kids. And I did do one session where we did um, some adult classes at the library in Waverley as well. Um, and I had targeted for non-artists and these women turned up and three of them were like phenomenal, <laughs> beautiful artists, creatives. Um, but for them, um, I think it, like it had for me with the bullying, it, it triggered them to get back more into their art, which was really good. Mm -hmm. And um, this is not about being a perfect, uh, no. keeping within the lines, on the contrary, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, it was just um, a trip and exploration. I'm still debating about this year. Um, and you did have an exhibition with the uh, uh, young artists in November in Patea, didn't you? Yeah, I got the kids to do, um, well I asked them, those that wanted to, I got four by four canvases and the topic was nature and they could paint whatever they wanted. Um, so we had, I had an old board that I picked up off the road that one day I'm going to paint a moorfork in the middle of it 
in a nest, in a hole in the in a tree. Um, but we used that for the background and displayed the kids' artwork. We'd done it the time before too. We did. Um, we'd also had an exhibition the previous session, but it hadn't had a specific topic. It was just I asked them to bring in a piece of art. Um, that they'd done during the year and I had frames that I'd picked up from op shops so we framed them up and, and mm. hung them and so the kids could mm. see what it looked like as mm. a finished product. How, yeah. how important is that for young artists, for kids oh, to actually see their work It was so hung. encouraging because I had, I, I volunteer there not as much as I used to but like other kids would come in and go, I know that person, that's their art. So kids for art. kids. Yeah. Mm. And it just gave the kids the confidence to put their stuff out there and like, it's good enough. It doesn't have to be perfect. Um, and it's about what you want to say as well. Yeah. And one family brought in photos. Um, there's three girls and they were also, dads are quite keen photographers, so they all sent me photos and I printed them off and just glued them on their canvas so they could exhibit that side of their work as well. Oh, lovely. Yeah. Did um, the parents and adults of the community also come and have a look? Yep, they did. And we used to have a couple of parents that came um, pretty much every week to the party group. So I just included them. Like they were just part of the group. I wasn't going to kick them out because oh, they, they loved like to sit in and have a play as well. Yeah, like the parent, because we had some of the work in the window so that passers-by could see as well and you could see people stopping and going, hi, oh, that's so-and-so. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But it's lovely to be uh, allowed to play around without having any kind of end uh, result yeah. that you need to. You don't need to, like, produce anything. No. Just be in the moment and yeah. just enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. We um, need to be able to take that time out, I think. Yes. It's hard for adults to just let go. It is. <laughs> Okay, so what are you going to do? Are you having any more Creative Communities um, projects in mind for this I, year? Um, I'm, yeah, it comes, it's available and opens up in February. Um, mm. Usually there's a couple or three rounds every year. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm kind of thinking along the lines that I would like to do a smaller group with maybe a little bit of structure, not not telling them what to paint or um, draw, but to give them some skills, mm. just some basic skills. I've been doing some research on what kids at different ages regarding art learn. Um, I guess it's triggered by the fact that I've got one very, um, well, she's quite outstanding young artist in Waverley, um, we did a mural competition for the pool mm. and this nine they picked um we had panel judges and they picked the top three and the community voted and they picked a nine-year-old girl's design painting and that's fabulous and she must have been amazing. so chuffed oh she is um and it looks amazing on the wall and i've um, and this was completed by Dan Mills, among yes. others. So, yeah. you know, yeah. artists brought in here to back up the uh, yeah. young community. I have suggested to her mum that she goes to um, 
a class in South Taranaki, Creative Space, Erin and Kawal and Hara, because they do a lot of classes and they have a lot of skills. Mm-hmm. Um, I need to follow up with mum and daughter and see what's happening there and yeah, whether to do like a small group of four who want to do a bit more advanced, mm. not just play, and like do composition and lines and shading. Mm. Um, so let's give a shout out here to Creative Spaces in Harbara. Yeah. Yes. And then we also have the Creative Communities Funding, which is um, uh, your various uh, district councils uh, provide the opportunity twice a year uh, for us here in uh, New Plymouth and, and on the Taranaki District yeah. Council side. And it is in usually opens in February, yep. March, yep. and then and uh, September, yep. the other one. Yep. And you can apply for quite a lot of things that are related to the community. Um, Of course, often you have to volunteer your time, which is uh, a trick for a lot of creatives. But you put in your time and your effort and your skills, and you can seek some funding towards the materials and uh, other things. Uh, Have a look. And they are usually available under the council page. Look out for creative communities. They're a brilliant opportunity for funding for artists to do mm. whatever. Yeah. yeah. All right. We are going to listen to another surprising uh, pick by you here. Uh, this is uh, One Night in Bangkok from uh, Chess. Uh, the two ABBA, Bjorn and Benny's. Uh, yes, I picked that because um, I love that song. But when... Terra, uh, New Plymouth Repertory did, did the musical Chess here. I managed to get um, a role on the sound desk. Oh! So <laughs> that musical was always just like a special place. Um, and yeah, I love that song anyway. Yeah. Let's listen to One Night in Bangkok by Murray Head. Thank you. 
Back to the Sugarloafing Arts Cast on Access Radio Taranaki 104.4 FM. My name is Michaela Nyman and I'm your host. We are grateful for the sponsorship from Govet Brewster Art Gallery and Landline Center for this show. Today I am here with artist Jennifer Corbett, who is showing her art in our art space during the month of February. We have been talking about the small tourist birds that feature in the artwork. And uh, she's also been writing and illustrating children's books about the tourist birds. Um, just uh, confessed to being a sound desk operator for the repertoire t- <laughs> for chess. Only once. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. I am wondering then, what is, um, what is on your cards for this year? You were thinking maybe about more creative communities uh, projects, but uh, what else? I've decided to I've decided to put myself out there a bit more this year. Maybe take my art a bit more seriously. Oh, um, Taranaki Arts Trail, maybe. Maybe, um, but I've booked two tourist bird exhibitions this year. Um, one's in Wanganui at the Wanganui Arts Centre in June, July, um, just for ten days. But that exhibition, um, I'm doing. I'm hoping Sarah hasn't forgotten. Um, Sarah Duncan is going to hopefully be able to do some little bird wooden bird houses to go with the birds as part of that exhibition. Um, I'm also looking probably at inviting another artist along just to help with it because it's quite a big space. But that tourist bird exhibition is their world tour, or one of many, but um, I've worked out a tour map and destinations so I'll have a map up on the wall and we'll show 
different countries and where they've been and where they've gone and what they've seen while they've been there. Then I've got another one in September, October at Eltham Gallery in Eltham. Um, and that one is also tourist bird, but um, impressions of New Zealand. So the waterfall one will be there. Um, they've been to Oakuni, they've been to Napier. They're going to <laughs> Napier. I've got a like the list just goes. Oh, Waitomo Caves. I've been blackwater rafting at Waitomo Caves. So that one will be more New Zealand-based places. Mm. Um, Are you also having uh, the books for sale? Yeah, I could get some more. Yeah, I'd like to write some more books. I'd like to write some books myself and like my illustrations would be a lot different from the, they were quite basic ones in the first lot of books. Um, But yeah, I could get some books for sale. I'm also looking into, I haven't talked to my friend yet that's a sewer. we did get a set of the birds made up and when we were in Australia in material um, and when we went to markets they were actually quite popular I could have sold them multiple times um, so well you could I'd be easy enough take one apart and use it as a pattern so I'm got yet to approach a friend about making um, some sets of the birds so they could buy um, buy them individually or buy how many ever they wanted, whatever they related, like whoever they relate to the characters. Um, so I'm hoping, really hoping I can get some of that done. Ah. Yeah. Well, very cool. My um, boys, uh, when they were little, they were just into Angry Birds. Everything Angry Bird, yeah. Angry Birds. So I can yeah. just see, uh, watch out Taranaki, tourist birds are coming. <laughs> yeah, I never, some people, when I... I never, I mean, I didn't hear about angry birds until, I mean, I think they were around before I did tourist birds, but I didn't, I never come across them until after people started saying, oh, they like angry birds, but I thought, no, mine aren't angry birds, they're happy birds, they're having a great time, <laughs> they're out there enjoying life, there's no anger here. Um, I did get rid of some of my anger towards one, one of the people that was, harassing me back then we called one of the birds after him he was Madonna's Madonna who's kind of like the leader it was her brother and none of the others liked him because he was a bully and anyway since I've resurrected them um, he is gone they've had enough they've kicked him out and one of the other characters um, Sam who was an IT geek he's also left and gone to Silicon Valley so We are talking about the tourist birds here, guys. <laughs> they are becoming more and more real by the minute. <laughs> I just love them now. Like. <laughs> oh. Well, it has been wonderful talking to you, Jennifer, and long may your creativity and your ideas continue. Lovely having you here, and we will look after your tourist birds in the art space uh, during February. And yeah. uh, good luck with the world tour and other things too for the tourist birds. <laughs> Thank you so much, Michaela. It's been a real pleasure. <laughs> All right. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Sugarloafing Arts Cast on 104.4 FM. My name is Michaela Nyman and you can contact me with feedback and ideas for shows at Access Radio Taranaki or email me on community 
at accessradiotaranaki.com. You can check out the artists, guests and their fabulous work on our Sugarloafing Facebook page and Instagram. To listen to previous episodes of the show, go to accessradiotaranaki.com and search us up under current shows. The Sugarloafing Artscast was made possible with the support of Govet Brewster Art Gallery and the Len Lai Center. Until next week. This show was made at Access Radio Taranaki with help from New Zealand On Air. To find more local content, go to our website, accessradiotaranaki.com.